Julie and I the other day, uh, I guess it was Saturday a week ago, celebrated an, uh, a milestone, a kind of an anniversary. Saturday a week ago, that would have been February the 2nd, marked the 20th anniversary of our first ever date. 20th anniversary of our first ever date. And, uh, and uh, it, it, was, it was very nice. We, um, we, we sort of, and it wasn't intentional this way, but we sort of ended up replicating our first date for on our 20th anniversary, went, we went to see uh, a ball game. Our first date was to a, a basketball game, and our 20th anniversary sort of date was to a basketball game. In, uh, and, and I can establish that uh, beginning and end, we are bad luck for the teams that we are pulling for. <laughs> um, uh, 20 years ago, my team lost. A week ago, her team lost. And, uh, and, and I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what to say about this idea that there are winners and losers, because I feel like I'm the winner being married to her. And, 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 and I, can, I can stand in front of you uh, inside the church and say that in, in, in nearly 19 years of marriage that there are no winners and losers because we never fight. We never have disagreements. We never have conflicts. We never, ever... Okay, that's not true. <laughs> it's not true at all. Um, and uh, underline all of that as me telling a joke it was uh it was it was in the first year of us dating it was i think the same month around the same time that we got engaged later that year that uh that the the seminary i had enrolled in uh had offered a weekend a friday and a saturday uh uh, seminar with a with a guy that i that i didn't know he wasn't a part of the seminary and and he was to come in and we met in the basement of of the Druid Hills United Methodist Church right there on the corner of Ponce de Leon and and, and Briarcliff and Moreland right there down in the basement and there was a pretty good crowd there were three or four rows of uh, of folks and we were all we were all packed in there and it was a seminar on relationships dating and marriage and within 20 minutes of the beginning of the seminar the guy that's standing up there in front of in front of all of us asked for two volunteers and I look at Julie and I say I still have a little cold sweat when I remember the look she gave back at me. Not just no. I think her eyes said, you know, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> I'm only here because, you know, we're still pretending to like each other kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I was like, wow, okay. So, so we didn't go up front, but the guy got two volunteers to come up front. And uh, it was, it was uh, another guy, I don't, I don't think I ever knew his name. He was uh, sat across from me in the big lecture halls. And, uh, and, and he, uh, he and his wife had been married for, I think, less than a year. And they came and sat down in, in two chairs in front of the rest of us and, and the guy leading. And, uh, and, the, and the guy says, now that you're here, what I'd like for the two of you to do is uh, I would like for you to tell me, we're, we're all listening, tell me about an argument that you've had before that has repeated itself and not yet been resolved. I'd like for you to tell me about an argument you've had, a disagreement you've had. And, uh, and, and I thought, wow, that, why putting them on the spot? You know, what if they can't come up with one? I, no time, flat. They both look at each other and they say, oh yeah, that's the one. And he proceeds to begin, he starts first, and he be- proceeds to begin that says, look, I'm in school and it's hard and I'm reading and studying all the time and I got this other job at a church and, and at the end of the night, all I want every night 
is to have a big old bowl of ice cream as I sit and watch my television shows. That's all I want. That's all I want, right? And she says, that's fine. That's fine for that's all you want. All I want is for you to clean up that bowl (laughs) and put away that spoon when you're done. And he says, no, no. It's not when I'm done. You want it the second the last morsel of cream has hit my lips. You want it put away. And he looks at us and says, this is 20 years ago. I don't even know his name. I still remember word for word this argument, right? He was like, you, you don't even want me to wait for the commercial break of law and order, right? I mean, you want it right then. And she's like, you're right, I want it right then. Because sometimes, sometimes you go to bed and the bowl and the spoon are still out <laughs> and in her face, you know. I'm feeling right in this very moment, I'm feeling the sharpest elbow that's ever hit my side. <clears throat> and the words, see, we shouldn't have been up there either. Oh, okay. <laughs> So what I thought I would do is bring up a couple. Um, do I have any volunteers to? Hold on. It doesn't, hey, listen, it doesn't have to be married spouses. It can be friends. What about, what about parent and child? What about, what about anybody, any, any co-workers? In? See, see, the truth is, the truth is that conflict, conflict and struggle and, and one side telling a story and the other side telling the exact same story and somehow the stories don't sound the same, it exists in, dare I say, every relationship. Every relationship. Which prompts this question. And I'm serious. Is peace even possible When, 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 when you list up on the board every relationship you have and you can write beside it the conflict that has either been a part of it in the past or is currently going on or the one that you know is coming because you want a thing and they want a thing and the two things do not match. It, when, when you list it all out, the question that's before us, is peace even possible? Well, the good news is we don't need volunteers because I don't think I was going to get in any worry, was I? Because the Bible, and pull out your Bibles. Pull out your Bibles, pull out your devices that you, that you read on. The Bible itself is a treasure trove of conflict. One story after another of opposing sides and factions and individuals. And, 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 I, and what I'd like to do this morning is I, I'd, like to read for, I'd like to read from three stories to begin to make the case that, that, that this sacred word is filled with conflict. And, and we do so at, at, at its beginning. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, which if you're keeping up, we're going to begin in verse 1. If you're, if you're keeping up, this is, shall we say, the very first story after humanity has left paradise, and it begins with conflict. Genesis chapter 4. Verse 1, the man Adam knew his wife Eve intimately. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain and said, I have given life to a man with the Lord's help. She gave birth a second time to Cain's brother Abel. Abel cared for the flocks and Cain farmed the fertile land. 
Sometime later, Cain presented an offering to the Lord from the land's crops, while Abel presented his flock's oldest offspring with their fat. The Lord looked favorably on Abel and his sacrifice, but didn't look favorably on Cain and his sacrifice. Cain became very angry and looked resentful. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why do you look so resentful? If you do the right thing, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do the right thing, sin will be waiting at the door ready to strike. It will entice you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. When they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's keeper? This is the word of God for we the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for this story that really right off the bat establishes that that rivalry and conflict have been happening from, from our first days. There's, there's, this, there's this inherent nature, and, it, and, and here it presents itself as siblings competing with each other. I have known mothers and fathers who have cried over the way that their sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, treat each other. I've known known parents who, who are beside themselves over this conflict that seems never ending. And I also know that there are brothers and sisters in the room who do not talk to their siblings because of a conflict that started once and has never been resolved. But the thing is, this isn't limited limited to adolescence, is it? I mean, presumably Cain and Abel are still kind of young. It's not limited to adolescence. I mean, you, you, you turn to the middle, if you will, to, to the middle of Luke's gospel, and the very, probably within a couple of verses of the very center of Luke's gospel, we find this story of conflict, which is so similar to what's in the very center of our lives, and it involves, again, brothers and rivalry. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Someone from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Man, who appointed me as judge or referee between you and your brother? Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Hey, hey, would you, would you intercede and tell him to do this. I need you to help me to help him understand that I'm right. Because I can't get through to him. 
That's, that's fine. That's fine. But what, what, what he doesn't understand is he thinks he's right. But I think I'm right. And he won't listen to me at all. In fact, I've stopped talking to him because, because I know what's right and wrong. And he won't listen to me at one bit. This, this, this struggle and conflict that reaches a point in which, in which, well, the thing about conflict is that if it ever starts between one person and another, it invariably never stays that way. What's fascinating is, is that, is that this, this brother comes seeking help from another to deal with this problem that he has with another. It happens in the very same chapter that, that begins with the fact that Jesus himself was in conflict with the Pharisees. The, 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 the lesson from all of this is that conflict never stays between two people. Dare I say, every single person in the room has at one point or another gone and sought out allies to take their side in trying to establish that their right is more right than the other person's right how many of us are every one of us because because conflict never stays between two people it always gets expanded and expanded and it's this and it's this standoff between my rightness versus your rightness and me seeing you as the person who's in the way maybe maybe me seeing you as the obstacle in the way of things being done right and well and it, and it's not just siblings oh no Again, the biblical record is filled with stories of all kinds of relationships. I've got, I've got one more for you, for you and I'm going to tell you beforehand, everyone in the room is going to agree with her. But, 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 I mean, halfway through the story, you're going you're to see that she's exactly right and, and, and completely right. It, uh, it, it's the story, it's the story of, uh, of the mother of Zebedee's sons. It comes to us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. And I want to compliment her. She's, she's got great theology. She's got a right understanding. It says in verse 20, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus along with her sons. Out of respect and reverence, it says, She, she bows before Jesus and asks a favor of him. What do you want? Jesus asked. She responded. Now pay attention to this. Say that these two sons of mine will sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. Well, by the very nature of her question, if he's got a kingdom, she believes that he's a king. Not only is he a king, but he has power and authority because she believes that he can determine this. I mean, I said it earlier, I mean, Karen there's not a better song written than what she professes listen to me she says jesus you're the king and you've got the power and you've got the authority almighty now and forever she says all of that there's nothing wrong with this is there jesus replied you don't know what you're asking 
Can you drink from the cup that I'm about to drink from? The brothers said, we, we can. He said to them, well, you will. You will drink from my cup, but to sit at my right hand or left hand isn't mine to give. It belongs to those for whom my father prepared it. Now, now hold your finger at this point right here and, and, and hear this mother and, 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 and find that we don't blame her. Because all she's asking of this one that she looks up to, that she respects, all she's asking is that her boys would be okay. All, all she wants is for her kids to grow up well. All, all any of us want is for our children to be okay. To, all I want is my children to grow up and succeed. That's all I want. And that's all she's asking. Until we realize in the very next verse... Now, when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with the two brothers. I can see them now. I can see them now, the, the, the two brothers. They're saying, whoa, it wasn't us. It was mom. We didn't have anything to do with it. We were just, I mean, who can tell her no? I mean, it was mom. But her request is seen by the other ten disciples as some kind of, uh, uh, hey, Jesus, would you get my boys, would, would you move them up, and, and can they cut in line in front of everybody else? Hey, 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 Jesus, could you, can you give them, can you just promise them maybe, I don't want to, maybe a little bigger piece of the pie than, than, than everybody else? And the other ten are sitting back saying, well, well what are we going to do? I mean, if we, if we don't speak up, maybe there'll be no pie for us at all. Maybe we'll have no place. She sounds right. Unless you're one of the ten. And you're over there saying, I need you to put the ice cream bowl away right now. Or else it'll never get done. Is it even possible? I, I know a mom who wants her kids to grow up and be independent and creative and on their own. That's another way of saying she wants them out of the house. But, but hear me, hear me. She wants them to grow up and be okay. Independent, making their own decisions, but maybe not all the time because she still wants to hold back some of the times in which she can make decisions for them because she knows better than they do. And, and I know the husband, I, I know the husband who, who just wants the marriage to be great like it used to be. And it's, and it's just waiting for his wife to figure out that she's the one that changed and she's what's wrong with it. Said that he's missing that he's changed too. 
or the boss that, 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 that leads the others, and she, and, she, and she just wants them to succeed and hit their goals. Except she's the one that makes the rules, and she's the one that sets the goals, and anytime anybody wants to speak up and suggest that there's another way of doing it, she's not all that interested in listening to their side of things. Is peace even possible? Here's the truth. From the beginning to the end of this story, and from the beginning to the end of all of our stories, we are not alone in conflict. You you are not alone. You are not alone. You're not alone in this this struggle between being right versus those who think they're right. And and, and if it makes us feel a little better, then then so be it. We're not alone in it. And And yet when you're in the midst of it, I don't care how many people have gone through it, I want to be out of it, right? Here is the single common denominator of every single conflict that has ever been and it's not my words it's it's words from from a great book i've got one slide to show you today the single common denominator parties in conflict all wait on the same solution they wait for the other party to change Should we be surprised then when conflicts linger and problems remain? comes from a book. I'm, I'm about halfway through it. It's uh, written by the Arbinger Institute. It's actually a collaboration of, of groups. That the Arbinger Institute's been around for like 40 years. But, but this, just, just look at those words for a second. Just for one second. Does this not describe conflicts over land that we followed for 2,000 years? This does not describe conflicts in government. This does not describe conflicts among siblings, conflicts in our marriage. Does this, is this not exactly right? Conflicts linger and problems remain. When my plan, when my solution is exclusively this other person to change. We're going to get through this as soon as you see. It's just so simple. As soon as you see that I'm right, we're going to be fine here. Everybody say amen. Not about me. Amen to the fact that this is where we sit. I want to offer, and I'm, and I'm done, I want to offer one single truth each week that we can take home and use for good right away and this is it 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 applies it applies to every bible story that you've heard this morning and every other one that you can find And, and i believe it applies to our own stories as well peace is possible however the first thing that must change is how I see 
the other person. Before solutions can be reached in our struggles, I must see the other as a person and not as an object. Not as an obstacle. Not as an impediment. Not not as a thing that I want to or or change or even I must see the other as a person otherwise no 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 solution can be found no peace can be had the anatomy of peace is that I've got to stop the war that I'm waging in my heart against them. And it might be that I'm actually right. Hear me, I didn't say that y'all are all wrong. I want you to come back. I would never say that. And it, it might be that you're right. But how often have conflicts persisted when one side's right but sees the other as just something other than a person? We can do better. And I want to talk about that more next week in greater detail studying the the life and ministry of one who did it different and better and calls us to do the same. Let's pray. Gracious God, you formed us in your image and placed us here. You see us as beloved children, sons and daughters. Help us to see each other the same. Not as objects or obstacles. Not as just a face to a conflict, but as a person. May right win out more than me winning out. It's only by your strength. It's only by your grace and peace that this could be possible. It is our prayer. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen.